Good words, data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Friday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports. Right here on 98.1 FM, The Sports Animal. Man, we're glad to have you along for the next hour. Is it just me or is the sun shining brighter, brighter, the sky's bluer, the grass is greenish yellower this morning after what happened last night over in Weatherford? Bird. Even Jared's got a smile on his birds face chirping. with all the birds chirping out there. You don't see Jared. Birds, not eagles. Birds are chirping. Oh, the so. eagles were chirping. Um, not now. They were. <laughs> anyway, fun night last night. We'll talk about that. It was a that. fun night. Good night. Uh, we'll recap that game. Now look ahead. What, what's what's left in 4A1, not only for the Elks, but then how the district will shake out depending on the results tonight. Uh, also, Class A and Class B uh, games that we could talk about that will be on the Paragon Network. High, uh, college football, Oklahoma State, Texas, the big game in the Big 12. Also, TCU and K-State. Spencer Sanders' health is a huge question mark in that game. How good is Texas really? How, how good is that team? Uh, and I think there is one matchup that Oklahoma State can exploit uh, tomorrow night, or <clears throat> excuse me, tomorrow afternoon in Stillwater. Also, the best games around the country, and maybe the the most the the most least. How do I say this? Lack of awareness play of all time. Did you see the end of Georgia State, Virginia last night? No. All right, Georgia I State, Georgia Tech, Virginia. No. Okay, I'll tell you what happened. The lack of awareness by one player on the field was probably the most lack of awareness I've ever seen. Hmm. NFL, huge trade last night. As we were coming home from Weatherford, news broke. Christian McCaffrey headed to the 49ers. Looks like Dak is going to start against the Lions. See a little spat last night during the, uh, the Arizona-New Orleans game? With Kyler and Cliff, little lovers quarrel on the sideline. Who lasts longer in Arizona? I think that's an easy one. That that's. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's the the little baby Yoda has lasted longer than the male model. Uh, and then what are you looking forward to this week in the NFL? And of course, it is a Friday, and it's Scott Garrison setting right here with us on a Garrison Financial Friday. We'll see what he's got to offer right here at the top of the show. Two two five nine six nine eight is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, there are a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to kadsam.com. You can download the Paragon app. That app's got it all with uh, three radio stations. The Penny News, brand new edition of The Penny News. Hit the website. Um <clears throat> On Tuesday, it always does on Wednesday morning, overnight, 
Tuesday into Wednesday. And then, of course, you can go pick up free copies of the Penny News everywhere. We've, we've seen it in multiple locations just yesterday, down at Poppy's and then where we ate uh, dinner at Weatherford. They had a little Penny News rack as well. So it's sure. all over the place. Pick up your copy of that. Look at the deals this week. Also, uh, Big Elk TV and Paragon TV. Obviously, the Elks done for the week, uh, but a couple of big games tonight. Merritt and Thomas, and then also you've got Balco Forgan and Hollis. That's a road game for the Tigers. And so you, uh, you, you, you local Hollis fans, if you don't want to make that giant trek up to Balco, easy peasy. Just go right down here, 902 South Main. Pedro's Mexican Grill is the official watch party spot. Of Paragon TV. <coughs> I know there was a handful or a pretty good crowd, it looked like, from the pictures we saw last night at Pedro's watching the Big Elks. So you can go down there for that. What else we got? Skinny on Sports Podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you can go back and listen to that at your leisure. Good morning, Jared, and good morning, Scott. How are you boys? Doing good. Tired. I mean, it's a beautiful day, like you said. <laughs> I mean, even the sun's shining in the studio a little bit more than normal oh, uh, from man. behind me. I'm telling you, beating Clinton and Weatherford in the same year is just always a beautiful, wonderful thing. It Unfortunately, it only happens about once every quarter century. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happened. Maybe we're turning the page here. <laughs> exactly right. All right, Scotty, uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you have for us today? Well, I, I was looking... I was just kind of looking through some things the other day, and I came across this, and I knew that you would love this, so then it made me think about some other things. So, what has Dustin Johnson been paid by the Live Tour? Okay. What What do you think is the greatest stat of his contract this year? Okay, I saw – oh, man, I saw this after the last tournament. Was it like eighteen point six million or something in that neighborhood so far? He's made thirty one. Oh yeah, because he, he got the bonus too. That's right. That's right. Guess what he made per shot? Uh, it's two hundred and twenty two oh. grand or something. Twenty two twenty two thousand two hundred and eighty dollars yes. a shot. <laughs> yeah, twenty two. That I, I, I saw this after that last tournament. I I, I, I saw the the graph the graphic of this. And I couldn't remember. I remember the per shot. It was about a bunch of $22,000 a shot. Can you imagine? <laughs> no. So that got me thinking. What is the most a professional franchise has paid for the least amount of production? Oh, uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. I've, I've, got, um. I've, I've got one from last night. <laughs> okay. I've got one from last night. And we'll hear about it, I promise you, at 2 o'clock. But last night, oh. the L.A. Lakers paid Russell Westbrook whatever he gets per oh, game gee. to go 0 for 11. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But I, I was looking at total contracts. So the, the athlete is done. Okay, they are retired. Okay. Ryan Leaf got paid $8 million per win. <laughs> that's, okay. that's, pretty, that's pretty outstanding. Alan Houston. Do you remember Alan oh, Houston? Oh, absolutely. Knicks is this when he signed star? with the Yeah, he was in Detroit and then went to the Knicks. He went to the Knicks, and then he went to Houston. Okay. See, people don't even remember that he went to Houston. He got paid $2 million per game over two seasons. Ouch. $2 million per game. David Beckham. Uh-huh. Do you remember when he came over to the Los Angeles Galaxy yeah. from yeah. England? He got paid $5 million per – no, excuse me, $5.5 million per goal. It's pretty good if you can get it. He had nine goals over four seasons and got over fifty million dollars. That's that's pretty good. 
So Kevin Brown, how about him? You remember the the pitcher? pitcher. Yeah, yeah. Hundred and five million dollars for three seasons with the Dodgers. With the Dodgers. When they signed when they signed him to that extension. But here, I found this is an even better contract than Bobby Bonilla. Oh, now wait a minute. <clears throat> impossible. That's a good one. For That's the athlete, impossible. this is a better contract okay. than than Bonilla. Uh, my gosh, and I and it doesn't. Steve Young. Okay. When he went to the USFL, because the USFL was going to get all the top talent, mm-hmm. and so to do that, they paid them up front, but they put these huge contracts coming in twenty five years down the road. Okay. After the USFL was going to, you know, be the dominant franchise, right. and and so Ryan Lee, or excuse me, Steve Young, five point nine million dollars. With an additional thirty-five million dollars in deferred payments. Now remember, that was like ninety. Oh, those maybe eighties. Yeah, it was like eighty-three yeah. or four or five. Yeah. yeah. So, so at twenty-two, he started getting five point nine million, and then at age twenty-eight, he would receive annual payments beginning at two hundred thousand dollars and increasing to three point one million dollars for the final payment of his contract sometime in the year two thousand twenty-seven. Okay. All right. Here's the worst part for the USFL. They didn't put in there that it didn't matter if the league folded. Uh-oh, no. <laughs> so some poor sap is still having to pay this without so a team? So Steve Young <laughs> is going to get $3 million in 2027 from a league that's been defunct since 80-whatever. 80 or 6, uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you? Whoops. The USFL is fascinating to me. So I was I was too young. I mean, I've heard of it, but too young to kind of know what was happening until I watched that. Have you seen the thirty for thirty? I have on not it? watched it. Oh, it is it is phenomenal because it's got a lot of guys like that that turned out to be superstars in football. Whether it be coaching, Steve Spurrier comes to mind. He's he, you know he's in there a bunch. Steve yeah. Young is there. Jim Kelly. I mean, and, and they all they have these wild. I can't, I think it was the Florida team. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, that maybe Spurrier coached, or maybe Houston. I can't remember which. Anyway, the players and the, I think it was Spurrier, the coach, talked about how after the practice on Friday, before the game Saturday, they would hand out paychecks to the to everybody, and it was a race to get to the bank to get the ones that would clear. See if it would cash. <laughs> yes, they they'd be the you know the first handful of guys would get their money, and everybody else was like, "Oh, sorry, we ran out." Oh my <laughs> oh, god! No, no. It, and they're they like, it, it was like a, a movie, like people passing each other at <laughs> the great like, Ray or like a cannonball run, exactly. Or yeah. Trying to get to the bank to get their check cash first. I'd have probably held off on checks until Monday. Well, that's after they. After they that's what <laughs> after they one of the guys was like. That's what that was the stupid part, is they did it before they got the money coming in. But he also said that just tells you how much they were generating with the lack of people actually coming to these games at times. But you know that's that's a that's a wild. That's you know, pretty fascinating. Wild. It's an awesome. It's an awesome thirty for thirty. Just to and of course. And you know, then Steve Young goes to the NFL and makes. Oh yeah. Steve Young, Jim Kelly, Herschel. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a bunch of those guys that were turned out to be NFL legends, I mean, especially the quarterbacks. But, man, yeah, there you go. Steve and I Young. didn't know this. I was looking at that Ryan Leaf contract also. They gave up three draft picks and a four-year pro bowler, and I didn't look up who the pro bowler was that they traded to Arizona for that draft pick. 
So not only did they get Ryan Leaf, but <laughs> they gave up their entire team to get him. You, I mean, it's it's impossible to think this happened now, but back then it was going. There was a legit debate between Peyton Manning. And Ryan Leaf. And in a le- legit debate with people on both sides of that argument. Absolutely. Yeah. Because of what leaves a talent. You know, it was it was that, you know, everyone knew Peyton Manning was going to be pretty damn good. Let's just be sure. honest. With his pedigree, you know, so it was almost like the sure thing versus the, the possibility or the, you know, the promise of something. It seems pretty stupid right about now, but back then. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, back no, but, then, that's what but hindsight's was, was there any, any, I don't know. Who missed? Why did everyone miss so bad on Ryan Leaf? Oh, why did every scout and every every GM and everybody miss? Because so, there was that argument. So why? I mean, you know, then the product that came afterwards. Now it's easy to say he was a bust and he was horrible. He was overpaid. All this stuff. But I mean, we're still doing it today. Well, it, I remember Indianapolis thought about Leaf. Oh they, yeah, they considered Leaf before Manning. I mean, it was uh, it was up in the air. The question is, why did why did Anybody think that Jamarcus Russell was ever going to see? Yeah, I'm saying because he could sit on his butt and throw it 70 yards. Yeah, but he and was, everyone thought, oh, we can fix him. He I mean, that's, was already a cow. I know, but it's <laughs> but when you see, I, I think these guys get so enamored with that talent, and and you know, Jim actually talks about this a bunch. A lot of times, it's in baseball terms with the scouts, but football's the same way. When when you're when you're at that draft, and if and if you you stand up on the table and pound the table for a guy that doesn't necessarily show the talent of another guy, but you believe in his, the rest of his makeup and he doesn't work out, you're fired. But everybody's standing on the table to pound for Jamarcus Russell because he can throw it 90 yards. Point. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's, going it, with the herd. Going with the herd mentality, the mm-hmm. safe choice because of the potential keeps your job. There you go. But, I mean, it, it, and that's what it was. Ryan Leaf had an absolute cannon. People kind of questioned Peyton's arm strength as far as the top pick. They just forgot that he was the smartest dude to ever play. From a football sense, he's the smartest dude that ever played. Right. And he was like that in college. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, all right, tell everybody about what you what you got going, Scotty. Yeah, just come on down and see me. Uh Going to have some cool videos coming up uh, on our on our website and on our LinkedIn page. Uh, going to be talking about things that you need to do to kind of get your house in order. Uh, going to speak with an attorney about a will or a trust, which one's best for you. Um, probably going to speak with, with uh, some people in the real estate world about uh, when you buy a home, how to buy a home, things like that. So we're working on a couple of those different videos and, and hope to have those up in the next coming weeks. And, and uh, we shall see. All right, Scott at SoonerWealth.com is his email. Let's go by and see him. 124 North Main Street. That's Garrison Financial on a Financial Friday with Scott. Hey, thank you very much. You guys have a great weekend. All right, you too, Scott. Scott. You know what? It's going to be a good one because the Sooners can't possibly lose this week. Why would you say that? <laughs> Just as a as a as a good buy. That's, that's one thing I forgot what I was going to complain about. What were you going to complain well, about? Well, you said that that when Oklahoma State plays Texas this this Saturday afternoon. What's an afternoon game? What's that like? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you right now, this is the Big 12 Conference Revenge <sighs> season for Oklahoma. Christmas. Next oh, week's ready. 11, isn't it already? Yeah, I, I believe saying, it that's is. What I we'll get ready. Looks like we're locked in as OU fans into this conference for a couple more seasons. It yeah, we'll see. It seems like that's, at least we'll that's what the commish thinks. That's what the commish thinks, but we'll see. <laughs>
Just waiting for somebody. <laughs> Speaking of money, who's going to write that check to get ESPN out of here? ESPN, as soon as Fox will quit messing <laughs> Whatever around. Whatever it takes to get us a 2.30 kickoff, I'll take it. <laughs> you know what helps that? Not being four and three. Oh, it didn't help it the last two years. Yeah, no. Well, you know what helps that? Not being Oklahoma. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and not when people see you. All right, thank you, Scotty. Have a great weekend. That's Scott Garrison. Garrison kind of, uh, Financial Friday. Man, he does it all. He talked about those things that are coming up. Um, also, full financial planning. You know, he's helping us out uh, with, with some stuff uh, out at the golf course that's going to be awesome. Um also, we'll shop the open market to bring the best value on life insurance and investments. You know, and that's what it, it, I, th- I think one of the cool parts about what we do is we, you know, we're not just sitting here, you know, advertising for a business, right? We're actually, in this case, using so the proof is in the pudding. We're actually using the services that he's provided and that he's talking about every week. I, I think that's yeah. uh, that's an awesome thing when those two things can go together, and you know, just uh, it, it's a little extra. You prove that you believe in what, what what's being talked about here. Uh, so go and see him. Scott at SoonerWealth.com, 124 North Main Street, right here in Elk City. Let's take a break. When we come back, talk about last night. Huge win for the Big Elks over the Weatherford Eagles. Hard-fought game. Good game over there at Weatherford. But to the victors go the spoils. And the 4A1 district crown is right in the Elks' fingertips with two weeks to go. Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal on a Garrison Financial Friday. Scott was just in here talking about a bunch of different things um, to do with those contracts. That's a, you know, everybody knows the Bobby Bonilla one because July 1st is Bobby Bonilla Day for about 10 more years or so. But I didn't know and that about Steve We will Steve remind Young. everybody that for about 10 more years or so. Yeah, what an amazing <laughs> – the USFL hasn't been a thing for 35 years. They still have to fork over money See, I Steve never, Young. I never knew that. Yeah, that's, I didn't know that, that one. That's awesome. That was, that was a really good tidbit of info. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, text line. Listen, Billy. Here's the thing, buddy. The town, the, the town over here, the brown and white of uh, the Big Elks, will never be bigger fans of the Clinton Red Tornadoes. Than tonight, and why is that? Why is that? That is because last night the Elk City Elks knocked off the Weatherford Eagles, twenty-two to twelve. The Elks remain the only unbeaten team in District Four A one at four and zero. Two games left against Woodward and John Marshall at Woodward. John Marshall to end the season in the uh, the regular season anyway, 
at Big Elk Stadium. But here's the thing. So with that loss last night, Weatherford drops to three and two. Cash is already two and two. They were able to squeak one out. Did you see that score? Over John yeah. Marshall, 37-36. Close well, one there. But yeah. Cash does win. That was, uh, man, they almost blew it for their season if they lost that game. That would have been a huge loss for Cash. But so what I'm telling you is Weatherford, Cash, Clinton all have two losses. You know what else they have in common? They were all beaten by the Elks so far this season. Chickasha is at 3-1. and one. So if Clinton can beat Chickasha tonight in Chickasha, that drops the Chicks down to 3-2. and two. Clinton would be 2-2, two and two, but that, that right-hand column, the 2, is the important part because everybody would have two losses, and everybody in that two-loss group was defeated by the Elks. So that means in any tiebreaker scenario you could come up with, Elk City wins because of the head-to-head. So what I'm telling you there, Jared, is if Clinton beats Chickasha tonight, no matter what happens the rest of the way, the Elk City Elks are the, the district champs for the first time since 1998. You don't tell me that. I knew that. You're telling. You're telling. Billy telling everybody. You're telling. Everybody. You're telling Billy that. You're telling t- that's why that. we're uh, rooting for the Red Tornadoes tonight. Man, last night a great game. I thought Weatherford had a, an awesome scheme defensively uh, that Coach Roof draw, drew up. Just a lot of guys near the line of scrimmage. It clearly kind of had the Elks confused on who to block at times. But as the game wore along, I think Elk City's offensive line became more apparent and, and more aware of what they had to do. They were able to run the ball really kind of in between the 20s pretty well, uh, as we've seen. But as as it got closer to the goal line, you know, the, the field becomes more compressed. The, the Elks had trouble pounding it in there. And that's not something we've really seen out of this team yet. So kudos to the Weatherford Eagles uh, for being able to make it difficult, uh, more difficult on the Elks than really kind of we've seen for a lot of the a lot of the season. You know, Clinton had a good stretch there in the second half uh, of kind of shutting the Elks down. Field position was a huge part of that, I think, uh, that night where, where Clinton owned the field position in the third quarter where the Elks were really kind of hesitant to try to do much just because they were backed up so far. But still, the, Clinton made the plays. Uh, Weatherford Weatherford did it last night and, and down in those, those short goal line situations as well. But, and we've wondered this, and I think this has been a question in a lot of Elk City fans' minds since the start of the season and as it's gone along. And that question was, what are the Elks going to do when they're forced to throw? Last night, Austin Jones stepped up to the plate and hit it out of the park. Uh, the game-changing play of the night to me was hitting Caden Holder for the long touchdown right before half that felt like the momentum switched onto the Elk City side. And then down there in the fourth quarter, uh, when Weatherford, like I said, was was not letting the Elks just run it into the end zone, he makes a nice touch pass into the back of the end zone. Patience, you mentioned it on the broadcast, pump faking, letting Garza kind of create the space that he needed uh, toward, from the front line, from the, the goal line to the back of the end zone. Garza makes a great catch over the top uh, of one of the Weatherford defenders. And then maybe the best ball he threw, he's thrown all year was that two-point conversion mm-hmm. where it looks like Nixon is going to make a pick, and he just floats it perfectly over the top of the big 6-6 Weatherford Eagle defensive end right into the waiting hands of Tucker Garza again for the two-point conversion, which mattered more than you realized at the time because of what happened later. Uh, I bet Austin Jones stepped up to the plate when he was absolutely needed to make a play and he did it last night for the Elks. I keep mentioning, and I know I, I harp on it a lot, about playing perfect football and how good this team is when they play perfect football and how, how dominant they can be. And you know, Last night was far from perfect when um, it turned the ball over twice. 
uh, and, and you know stuff like that, uh, figuring out how to uh, solve the run defense from Weatherford. And you mentioned the passing. That was a big part of it. But what, what I liked was the resiliency, uh, the mental resiliency that I saw from Elk City. That's a tough place to play, to go to Weatherford. Anytime, no matter if they're down or up or, or somewhere in between, it's a tough – Eagle Stadium's a tough place to go and win at. The, the atmosphere was awesome. Weatherford brought a lot of fans. Obviously, Oak City brought a lot of fans. They knew what was online. It was a big game. And there were so many times, how many did we go for it on fourth down? And I kept thinking, that's because they are mentally tough knowing if we can't get this, we can stop them. And that's trust from the coach, players trusting the coach, all that stuff. So um, there's been so many times this year that makes me so happy when I say this. There's been so many times this year that we've seen Elk City win games in every possible way, whether dominating the opponent or winning the close ones, doing it defensively, overwhelmingly, overwhelming them offensively. And I love that because that it, it means that when we go up against a different opponent, knowing this is how they do it, this is how they're going to scheme against us. Well, I remember when uh, Weatherford stopped the run. Well, we certainly can rely on Jones with to throw the football if needed or or vice versa. So it, I took a lot away from that game, obviously, and, and um, I'm very excited about what, what's moving forward. Two more games. I said it last night. Sure, Woodward seems to be down. John Marshall seems to be mediocre. They got a lot of athletes, but you know, they kind of remind me of Southeast at times. You know, a lot of athletes but just can't put it together. This is going to be tough. Because now those tough opponents are in the rearview window with, with W's. Now that the, I mentioned again last night, I think this is going to be the toughest job for the coaches, and I'm sure Coach Maynard will reflect it, is to keep these guys focused because the goal is not obtained yet. Okay, District titles, office, it's not obtained yet, and that's, that's just one of the goals. So got to focus on Woodward next week. Got to focus on John Marshall, John Marshall to wrap up the season. Shoot, don't even think about John Marshall right now. Think about Woodward right now. And this is going to be the toughest the toughest task, I think, for the coaches off the field is keeping them focused. But great win last night. That is tough to do. And we were sitting about thinking, like, when was the last time Elk City's beaten a Clinton and Weatherford in the same year? It was a pretty special year last time that happened. Yeah, 1998, obviously, if you don't know, the only time that the Elks have raised the gold ball uh, was that season. Uh, back in 98 <clears throat> it'd also be the first time that the Oaks have won the district title uh, since that same season wow. in 1998 so uh, well, yeah you El- have to go through those two to win a district title <laughs> that's and, exactly yeah. right I mean it's yeah El- I think you make a great point about staying focused and but not not only just to finish it out but also you you don't want to have peaked before you get into the playoffs listen that first playoff game you guys if you're it, it's going to be a tough one Whoever comes out of the four spot in District 2, it's going to be a good team. When you look at who that is right now, you've got Blanchard at 4-0, and Bethany Tuttle and Newcastle all 3-1. and Those are names that are good teams. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't – sometimes when you win the district, you're thinking, okay, kind of get our feet wet in the playoffs here and get ready to go for round two. You know, work out some key – you know, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, the butterflies of a playoff game, blah, 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 and get that done, and then we'll really – you know, lock in week two in the playoffs. That's the Elks aren't going to have that um, a, a ability to do that. 
because it's going to, no matter who it is, going to be tough. So that that's where what you're talking about needs to continue, and, and everybody knows that. And Coach Maynard for sure will be right on top it's, of that. But I'm saying it's easier said than done. Yeah, it know, is. we all know it, but we got to see it. And in in the way these guys have responded to everything that I've said, I don't doubt they will be focused. They just, you know, we bring them in one one at a time, once a week, and just, you know, talking with them, you know, when we see them out and about throughout town and whatever they just seem like a group that just they know what they know what the task is you know they're not looking way ahead you know I, I think that is reflected in the pregame because you'll, you'll notice it and it's and it's almost a little bit jarring to me you know as they're as they're going through the stretching routine and then they get to you know they, they spell out elks about four or five times and mm-hmm. it gets you know faster each time and then they all meet in one pile in a game like last night, with all, with everything on the line and all the emotion of it being that game and that rivalry between Elk City and Weatherford, you expect dudes to come flying in and, I mean, just this hooping just and hollering. Jack, and, oh, yeah, just yeah. going crazy. Yeah, jacked and up and going nuts. Yeah. You expect that here when Clinton was here and how big a game that was last week against you, all that. And it doesn't happen. And so my, my thought immediately goes to, gosh, are they – Are they focused? Are they there? You know, Are, are they, they into ready? it? Yeah. And then as soon as that whistle blows, that's when that emotion comes. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a quietly confident team, and that's just their demeanor. Some teams take on that demeanor, and, and quite honestly, I think that comes from from Coach Maynard. I, I think that's kind of his his demeanor as well. So uh, it, it was an awesome night last night. I will say this: if you're if you're over uh, mile marker eighty to eighty four right now. The sky's the limit with that group coming up, man. Oh, my goodness. It felt like every play was being made by a sophomore outside of the lines. Obviously, the quarterback is somebody they're going to have to replace. Uh, we didn't see much of Stone Chisholm last night. I think he hurt a knee last week a little bit. Uh, he tried to go early on defense. It didn't see him out there for more than maybe a series or maybe a couple plays, and then you know he was off. And Obviously, that's a big weapon they lose on the offensive side as well. Uh, with Chisholm, but he he's come in and run some quarterbacks. So you 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 know they may have that guy waiting in the wings. But man, that sophomore class, C.J. Nixon, and not and it's not just him though. You know, defensively, all four of those linebackers that start are all sophomores, and they were they were way way more physical defensively at the point of attack than I thought they could be. Quite honestly, um, with the with the way the Elks' offensive line is has really kind of ran through this district. They didn't do that last night at all. Weatherford, they had a great plan. They executed it fantastically. They made the Elks beat them how the Elks didn't want to have to beat them. But that's where it goes back to kudos to Austin Jones for being able to make those plays with his arm. You know, it was a question mark out there. It's not completely answered by any stretch, but it was answered last night. And he did. He, the Elks were able to beat Weatherford in a different way than what Weatherford wanted him to beat them. And that's a sign of a good team, as you said. Winning games a ton of different ways so far this year. And the Elks continue to do it last night. Uh, so look forward to tonight. What do we got? Uh, Clinton and Chickasha. The Red Tornadoes go on the road to face the Fighting Chicks. That's the only game tonight because Clinton, Cash and John Marshall was last night, right? And right. So Clinton, Chickasha tonight, and then Woodward's obviously off this week. Well, they, they've got a non-district game against Cash. And Did they play last night? To, it says on the schedule last night, but I haven't seen a score. I saw a score. I thought – I saw Woodward one, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, is that accurate?" I haven't seen it. it, it well, it's not on the OSSA rankings website. Is all I know. Uh, Squirtle had it. So I'm, I'm pulling up Squirtle right now. If that is, it's the first win of the year for the Boomers. So they're coming. Yeah, there it is, forty-four thirty-four. So Woodward did knock off 
cash in last night, according to Scordo. 44-34, first win of the year for Woodward. So there you go, riding uh, riding into the game next week on a little bit of a high. But, yeah, all eyes <laughs> – I'm sorry. All eyes in three places will be focused on Chickasha. Uh, I got I to gotta interject here. I got to <laughs> – last night when we were giving the shout-outs on the text line – Yes, I was like, "What's a pomping room?" It's homecoming at OSU. They're they're pomp. They're they're making their floats. Oh uh, yeah, it was Jason was or doing not that. floats. They do the yard signs or I yeah, forget no. how it works. Oh, out. listen, it's awesome. Have you never been there? Uh, many they put the little ago. tissue in the in right. the chicken wire. That that's called pomping, right? Okay. Duh. So Jason was it was Jason that's Holder who sent yes. that. His, who sent Hunter has given me flack for that for not knowing what that was. I thought it was. It just didn't occur to me. I didn't even realize what you said. It's home, yeah, pomping room. P O M P I N G. Pomping so room. So making the cool yard art. Yeah, when all the sororities doing. and fraternities of OSU decorate their house decks house for their deck, lawns, that's right. they do it uh, all night the Friday before walk around. Thursday. Yeah. Friday walk around. Well, they tonight. do it Thursday. They do the, yeah, the Friday yeah. walk around. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Look now, at I, me. I, all kinds of homecoming knowledge up in here. Hey. Well, I mean, that's I the best, a couple the years best homecoming in the nation, right? Is mm-hmm. in Stillwater. I should have known that. Didn't occur to me. Very good, but that was cool. We were getting watched up there while they're doing that. Very good. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, there was a bunch of there was a bunch of Oklahoma State representation watching last year, yeah. last night. Yeah, Jason and then Mason and Corey and Alex. A bunch of those guys off of last year's team were still tuning in to see what this year's version of the Big Elks had. All right, tonight, as I mentioned. If you can't, if if you're a Hollis Tiger fan and you're hanging out in Elk City, you live in Elk City or surrounding areas, and you don't want to make the what a three and a half hour trek up to Balco or Forgan, wherever whichever place they play, or maybe you're you're driving, you go, you know what? I don't want to. I don't, don't want to do this. I'm hungry and I want to watch a game. Yeah, maybe yeah. you start. Maybe you start from Hollis. And you think, you know what? I'm gonna go to the game, and then you get about an hour in, and you decide, you know what? I'm hungry. Car needs gas. Let's stop at Elk City right quick. Go down to Pedro's, the official watch party spot. Watch party headquarters of Big Elk and Paragon TV tonight. Merritt and Thomas. Merritt hosting Thomas. By the way, uh, as we mentioned last night on our broadcast, Staff Sergeant uh, Earl Plumley, Medal of Honor recipient. There's a, what is it, 2 o'clock at the Arrowhead Center for the... Uh, the 2 ceremony is everything starts, so I, okay. I would say get there get there before. two. But he's also going to be out at the game tonight uh, at Merritt. He's a Merritt alum, a Medal of Honor recipient, Earl Plumley, Staff Sergeant Earl Plumley will be out there for that one. Uh, so uh, if you if you can't make it to Pedro's, but go out there and, and salute a, a real real life hero right there in your midst. So we got that Hollis and Balco. Um, anything else uh, that strikes your eye on the high school football gridiron tonight? Well, a lot, you know, there were a lot of games last night. A couple things stood out to me without looking up the scores. Um, I mentioned it when we came back. Uh, Winoka and Medford, uh, eight-man football. Winoka's having a good year. The Railroaders um, up there in northwest Oklahoma, they um, they were up like 70-something. to 76 to 27 I'm or something like that. that score. Yeah. Oh, and uh, – buddy of mine texts me say yeah my, uh, my cousin's the principal at winoka and i said well then you need to give them all he needs to give them all detention for bullying Medford <laughs> like that shame well, speaking quiet. of bullying you know i think i know where you're going jinx yeah. holy moly 90 to 9 90, 90 to 9 also bixby put up 70 again yeah they're on pace to be the highest highest scoring team of all time after 57 straight Jinx, you know, okay, 
surely they're not sitting there going, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. Look at the pace we're scoring. We're going to score. We're going to try to score 100 tonight. I mean, surely everybody played and all they ran was run plays. And I'm sure. You would think. We don't know the story there, but that is insane. When you think there's only 12 minutes in a quarter. Yeah. And they're scoring nine. I mean, there has to be consecutive plays with a touchdown involved. Like, boom, boom, like offensively, defensively, kick return, stuff like that. All of a sudden you blink and it's 21 to nothing under a 90-second span. Yeah, it, here's the text. And Jinx isn't even all that explosive this season. No, they're they not. Been, they haven't yeah. been. In it's not like it's I mean, Bixby they, doing They that. win, but they, they haven't been explosive. Yeah, that's crazy. Southmore. What happened to Southmore? It, went, it went south, clearly. In a, in a hurry. <laughs> Ooh. See if we can, yes, th- sixty-three to nine at halftime. Just kind of looking through the score updates on Squirtle. Yeah, yeah, I like to see the box on that one. Southmore problem. Yeah. Well, nah, as far as tonight, there's just obviously the Clinton game stands out to me. What happens there? Uh, we're all rooting for a Clinton win because that means that gives the Elks the title. Also, the math is right I in think that Class is. A game, Merritt and Thomas. One of those two teams is going to have a chance to maybe claw back in to the playoff discussion. Right. It's, they're still alive. No doubt about it. Um, especially if it's merit. You know, you want to know why? Hmm. If you assume that Hooker falls to Burns Flat Deal City, which, listen, there, there's an upset possibility there. We know, as Coach Archer was talking about, uh, quarterback unavailable. But if you assume that happens, that means Hooker's two and three. If merit can win... Guess what they are? Two and three. And then guess who plays next week? Merritt and Hooker. Right. So that, you know, and, and Thomas is the same way. They've got Hooker last at home. So one of these teams is going to have a chance to wiggle their way up closer. Now, problem is there's still four others with Moreland and, and, and Texoma. Without looking at the schedules, you know, that somebody's going to need to get a break, and, and maybe that is – um, Texoma playing Fairview, then they get Sarah, but then they get Moreland as well. So maybe two losses there's you know. So you know Merritt, well, you know they're they're gonna Merritt or Thomas is gonna be at least in the discussion, maybe even tied, and then we'll see what happens with tiebreakers at that point. But it's a big game tonight out there at Merritt, and then also we've talked about Class B District One, all five teams ranked in the top ten. Somebody is gonna get left out. Of the playoffs, that's going to be that's going to be ranked at the top ten of, of Class B. Um, Balco's coming off a loss to Turpin. Hollis's only district game is a loss to Laverne. So this would be, you know, at some point the Tigers are going to have to beat somebody, right, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to make it into the playoffs. They're going to have to win one of these district games uh, tonight. Would be a good step uh, toward doing that against Balco Forgan. All right, let's take a break. College football, NFL football. Man, this hour has flown by. Garrison Financial Friday, Scott Garrison. 124 North Main Street, right here in Elk City. Scott at SoonerWealth.com. We'll tell you all about what he does when we come back next. Wrapping up the week on the Skinny Gun Sports here on the Sports Animal. 
Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Garrison Financial Friday. Scott Garrison was in here earlier hanging out with us. You know, he can he can do all kinds of things. He can manage your investments. But if you're one of those if you're one of those people that kind of likes to to dabble and, and likes to be in control and likes to, to watch the markets flow, he can also charge you hourly. And then he'll bend you. He'll build you a plan that then you can manage on your own, right? So you, you guys can discuss it, talk about it, and then you can manage that uh, once it gets built. Also, he'll, he loves to work with your accountant. To all this stuff needs to be streamlined for tax and, and the returns and all that kind of stuff. Anyhow, he loves to work with work with those folks to make sure everything is going in your benefit financially. At Scott at Sooner Wealth. Dot com 124 North Main Street right here in Elk City. Scott Garrison with Garrison Financial. All right, Jared, you know how I, I always implore the listener in big games on a Friday just like this, whether it be football, basketball, it doesn't matter, high school all the way through the professional ranks, it doesn't matter. I want people to call their shot before. It's easy for anybody to come in here on Monday and say, I told you that so-and-so was going to beat so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Well, why didn't you tell us that on on Friday, before the game started? There you go. Yeah, our Duke Tiger alum Mark, ha- I've got the receipts, as yeah. he's told us since the preseason, to watch out for the Tennessee Volunteers. Clear back on the sixteenth, and I think maybe you and I, you you've kind of you were a little bit on the Tennessee bandwagon, but not near to – I mean, this has an exclamation point to I it. I wasn't singing Rocky Top, but I was well, I was saying, watch Tennessee, watch Tennessee. I but were you saying, saying it with an exclamation point? Well, maybe I should start typing the show That's, from now I on. think, I maybe mean, you should. I, maybe I should start screaming. This but is watch was, out Tennessee, like, look at exclamation Tennessee. point. I mean, it's back when you were going, look at Kentucky. I was going, okay, mm-hmm. I respect that, but look at Tennessee. Watch Tennessee. That was 8-16, which was last week. Before speaking of receipts, we got podcasts we can go back and listen to. That's true. <laughs> what about the Tennessee Volunteers? Holy moly, look out, Alabama! And then Vols hang a half a hundred on Alabama. Now that was afterwards. He's the Swami over there. That was Monday. We can't give him credit for the half a hundred because that was Monday after it actually well, happened. Yeah, but yeah. still, we always like to see that. Call your shot, and as it turns out, we'll give you love. Now here's the other truth. If it doesn't go well, we might pick on you that way also. For instance, like I'm about to do to Jared. How's that OU going to the playoff going? It's a pretty good prediction. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. Oklahoma State, Texas this week. It is it is a homecoming in Stillwater. Pomping rooms. Don't forget it. Pomping rooms. Whoa, we'll never forget that. <laughs> never forget that. Thanks, Hunter. Um, Spencer Sanders' health, is that the biggest key to this game in your mind? Yes. Yeah. Very, very big. If he's not 100%, and we'll see it, I mean, he might be 100%, 100% to start the game, kind of like TCU. Um, we'll see it. If Texas can um, limit his running and force him to throw it more than what he wants, we're going we're gonna to know real early how his health is going to be. I mean, kudos to uh, Gundy and staff and basically everybody in Stillwater not letting any kind of information leak out. We have no idea his status do we i was listening to scott Wright earlier he doesn't he doesn't know it was interesting because last week there's nobody there's no student filmers who can get up in a, <laughs> in a building they may not be in the practices this week <laughs> they might all be indoors with with the doors locked you know last week right as you know game day was starting i was listening to the to the to this station pregame for ou i had seen some internet rumors early saturday morning about his health and his shoulder mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it got to be about 10 o'clock and then jim mentioned it he clearly got a text from somebody mm -hmm. so then it was a question mark he gets off the bus then about that time they show him getting off the bus in fort worth and so it kind of goes well okay that's just a rumor turns out it wasn't um you know as molly mcgrath reported during the broadcast that mike gundy told him he didn't practice last week at all and i think it was obvious either the adrenaline wore off or the um, whatever shot they shot in his shoulder wore off as the game went along because he started out 7 of 10, ended 9 of 26 on his final 35 throws, and you can almost see his arm getting weaker as the game went along with that shoulder. So, you know, I, I don't know if if the answer is to, to shoot him up both times. Maybe the answer is to don't shoot him up till halftime, let the adrenaline carry him through against the pain in the first half, and then – you know, when it kind of – that starts to linger or, or to wear off, I mean, you know, fire that in there for the second half so there's not the noticeable drop-off. Or maybe it's uh, Gunner Gundy. I, I don't know what the answer is going to be. But not only the arm, though. Here's the problem for Oklahoma State, and you mentioned it. It's the legs. He is – Dominic Richardson may have the most yards for OSU so far this season, but Spencer Sanders is the best runner they got. And that really hurts that offense because they, they haven't been able to just pound it with Richardson. They've had to have the legs of Sanders to complement that in the running game. And without that uh, that capability, or heck, maybe it's even more pronounced because his arm doesn't feel good and his shoulder doesn't feel good. But, yeah, Sanders, once again, we said it last week, and, and he did it for the first half, and then it kind of dropped off. He didn't make huge mistakes. I mean, the one pick, I, I, I really think it was just because his arm wasn't good. You know, he had Johnson wide open behind, you know, four or five steps behind the defense, and he just he made the right play. He just couldn't, couldn't physically get it couldn't there. Couldn't get it there, yeah. So, you know, that's not what we've seen from him. You know, that's not the same mistakes we've seen from him or the same reasons. Oklahoma State has every chance to win this game. Texas is better than they have been. I don't know how good Texas is. Yeah, they're more sound, but uh, as explosive, you know, take the OU game out of it. And I'm kind of piggybacking what the morning animals said, you know, because that was such an anomaly. OU without so many players, obviously Dylan Gabriel not playing, and, and uh, Texas teed off on the defense. It's always been suspect. You take that game out of it, they haven't exactly been lighting up the scoreboard. So on the other side of it, if OSU's defense can be 
average to really good, somewhere in that range, and just slow down Texas enough to to allow maybe I don't know get Sanders to you know settle down and and get a good good lead where the shoulder issue isn't as big of a problem. You can just run the clock out instead instead of having to force some throws. So I I mean the but back I mean Ewers is a great quarterback, but he's still a young guy, right? Is is Robinson is the one I'd be concerned about? Yeah, and all those weapons. I mean, you, if you watch the the game in Dallas, you you saw them all <clears throat> on display with Robinson. Uh, both Robinsons actually, Keelan Robinson was pretty good in that game. The transfer from Bama. You saw Worthy. You saw Sanders. You saw Whittington. I mean, there's a plethora of guys down there that can make plays. Yeah, uh, uh, TJ's got it. I think the biggest the biggest chance OSU's got is the their strength against what I would think is a perceived Texas weakness. And that is Oklahoma State's defensive line against that young, albeit talented, but young Texas offensive line. OSU has got to get creative. They have got to get Brock Martin, Jacob Lacey, or Tyler Lacey, I'm sorry, uh, Trace Ford and Colin Oliver on the field at the same time. It, it, maybe it's it's not always, but in those obvious passing situations where you need to get back get, get back to yours and get back there and cause havoc, we've seen him just throw it up. I mean, we saw that in the OU game against no pressure. The one time the Sooners kind of got in his face, he threw it up, and C.J. Colden was the only one there for an interception. OSU is more equipped to be able to harass him than what Oklahoma is. And I think, but I do think they need to get creative in those passing situations because thirty has to be out there, man. As good as Martin and Ford have been for their careers, whatever. Colin Oliver is different. He's got to be out there rushing the passer, and I think that's where Oklahoma State can exploit Texas in the biggest mismatch, at least on paper, because of the youth versus the experience on the lines when when Texas has the football um, around the country. Big games. UCLA, Oregon, obviously, is a big one. Uh, Clemson, Syracuse is a big one. Mississippi State. I, I, I'm just going to tell you. Have you know, have you seen the the track record for Alabama against Mississippi State after they've lost the week before? Oh, it's not good for it Mississippi is State. Beat downs yeah, for Mississippi good. State. Yeah, that could continue. Um, did you did, did you see the end of the Georgia Tech Virginia game? I saw a tweet. Uh, Really, I got home and I just didn't pay attention to anything other than just getting to bed. But okay, now what so happened? Georgia Tech's down seven. They're at about the forty or so, three or four seconds left. So obviously it's hail mary time. It's the only chance you got. Georgia Tech quarterback takes the snap, kind of gets pressured from his right, so he sprints to the left. You keep waiting for him to, you know, flip his shoulders and crow hop and make the throw. Yeah. Try to throw it to the end zone. He, he keeps going left and he just goes out of bounds. With no time? Of course no time. Oh. There was only like three seconds of the clock to start. <laughs> he just ran out of bounds, game over. <laughs> Don't you have to be smart to go to Georgia Tech? It was just like, what do you did he give up? Did he not want to get hit? I, I don't know. He just he ran around for just a second, spun out to the left. Was was going, and then he just ran out of bounds. It was at that moment he thought, "Nah, screw it. I'm going to go to the print transfer portal. <laughs> Forget this." <laughs> yeah, he just he just did. Uh, question on the text line before we go: What did you make of the Christian McCaffrey trade? Uh, he's in a good spot. Um, you know, I think Carolina's just looking to rebuild. They got a haul. 
um, what, this year, like two or three of this year's picks? Two two of this year, one next year? Three this year, I think. Three Second, third, year. and fourth this year, and maybe a fourth next year. Yeah, so it's like clear. They're, they're just in complete rebuild mode. And um, Baker will be cut at the end of the year, and they're just going to start from the very bottom. So I think um, – McCaffrey has found a good home. He's isn't he from California? I know he went to Stanford. So comfortable for him. Makes the West a lot interesting, a lot more interesting. Having now we'll see how they how they use him at San Francisco. You would think it'd be a perfect spot for him. First, but I will say this: they gave up way too much for Christian. Yeah. As good a player as he is, it four, had to be a four play, picks. A, yeah. that, that is so too much. And here's why. In Christian McCaffrey's six years, here's the snaps he's played. 805, 966, 1,039, 171, 272, yeah, and then 288 so far this year. That's, uh, I mean, that, there's a little, bit of a, a little bit of a trend there. I, I, I think in theory, and if he, but isn't this the caveat we've seen with him for the past three years? If he can stay healthy... Yes, this is a great trade for San Francisco in the short term, but it's always going to be the short term because not only to give up those picks, they've got them to pay him and all, and all that stuff. But at least in theory, on a football team in a vacuum, yes, Christian McCaffrey is perfect for for San Francisco. Takes some pressure off Debo, takes some pressure off Kittle, takes some pressure off Jimmy G. Trent Williams is coming back soon on the offensive line. I mean, it, it all makes sense with the way Kyle Shanahan can get creative in getting him the football. I get it from a just a purely putting a player on a team standpoint with, with everything else kind of out the window. I think it makes tons and tons and tons of sense yeah. for him to be there. Now, the only question is, can he stay healthy and was it worth the cost? I would I would venture to say it's not worth the cost because he can't stay healthy. But if he does... I think San Francisco has now thrown their hat. They've went all in. They they're looking around. You know you know how I know San Francisco doesn't think the Eagles are six and zero worthy because they just made this trade. Mm-hmm. I think they're looking around the landscape of the NFC, going, "Nah, there ain't nobody dominant. Let's push our chips in the middle and, and try it out." So so I'll, nobody nobody went uh, like, "All right, we got Christian McCaffrey," and they look at the GM. So what'd you give up for him? And he that's your pick. That's your pick. That, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm quoting draft day. Of course. I said, dude, that's our – Sonny, that's our future. <laughs> well, L.A. did it. I wonder if – now, I wonder if San Francisco does any more. Yeah, but what else they need? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Well, well, what else they have to give? I mean, and they probably know. feel very comfortable they have Trey Lance. Of course, he's out you for know, the he's year. He's out but for the year, but my point right. is their future is They feel him. like they've already drafted their, right. their future they, quarterbacks. Right, right. They don't need the picks to get up to get in one of those. And quite frankly, Jimmy G, I mean, listen. Not a bad guy to have around if you need him. If he's your backup, the guy's taken a team to the Super Bowl, almost did it again last year after winning on the road. would, would have been three straight road wins. I mean, is, is he the best quarterback? No, but he's a lot better than a bunch of them. Yep. There's a lot of teams that would love to have him. Dak coming back? He says he is. Cliff and Kyler? Trouble in the desert. Well, you don't you don't see the quarterback tell the coach to calm the f down very often. But that's what happened last night. Like whoa, wow! Did I just see that? 
Yeah, a little turmoil there. Yeah, here you go. Win a Super Bowl and then suck for five more years. It, it, I mean, that's that's the way it goes. You know, there, there's two different types of fans. One that want, wants to be kind of a, you know, like, like say, a, the San Antonio fan. Now, they did win five, but what I'm saying is, you know, uh, you look at the Thunder in the first iteration of them. You knew the Thunder were going to be very good and have a chance to be not only in the playoffs, but also have a chance to make it to the finals every year versus winning and then falling to nothing. Winning and then falling to nothing, mm-hmm. as we've seen maybe with the, the Marlins or, or some of the teams in baseball there that win and then they just sell everybody off and they're terrible for 10 more, 15 more years before they decide to make another run at it. Two different trains of thought, but you know, in, in a That's vacuum. That's how the pro world works, though. It is. And in, in the NFL, here's the thing about the NFL. It is built the way that it is built and designed for parity, and it's built and designed for teams to not be down long. Right. That's why, congratulations, Detroit. How the hell have you done it? <laughs> oh, boy. That'll do it on a Garrison Financial Friday. That's, I should have just dropped the mic and walked off. <laughs> yeah. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Angle. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to 